Three, 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 third episode, third season, and the three of us back here at the Sling Sports Podcast. Your host, Jake Finnerty, co-host, Wally McKeon, Colin Kinnis. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing amazing. Yeah, doing pretty well, man. I was a little confused with the three, three, three was. <laughs> I was I, I, I figured out the third episode of the third season, the three of us. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It. You know, got to go with the, the triple threes. Yeah. Colin, how are you? I'm doing amazing. <laughs> pretty, pretty silent over there. <laughs> no, I'm doing, I'm doing good. I, like I said, I had the same thought as Wally. I saw the three, three, three on the script. I was like, I have no clue what this means. He at least put a little bit together. I put nothing together. So, um, yeah, we're back. We made it. I survived. Let's see. We did. I would say, I would say, we survived the trip back. So we're gonna go right into highlight of the week. Yeah. We played in a softball tournament this week. I don't we, know. we didn't win. But Came we had, in like third. Came in like Last third. Year. We had fun, and that's all that matters. Right. No, it's not. We're coming back next year. We're winning it next year. I don't care about this year. The, the offseason already locked in. The offseason actually started Monday. We started the offseason program with uh, the keto and, and everything like that. We're on a diet, uh, getting our softball swings in. So, ready to go. And another highlight, I would just like to give a shout-out. My dog Donner turned five today. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Donner. Donner. Happy birthday, Donner. Love the guy. He's an old fart now. That's technically 35. Wow. He's older than us. Yeah, Yeah, I'll probably buy him a pair of the New Balance dad shoes for his birthday. So, (laughs) But what about you guys? Yeah, what about you, Wally? We'll Uh, go over to you. uh, (laughs) I had a really nice weekend in uh, Rhode Island with the the lady. Went on a double date on Saturday night. Um, met, Met some people on this double date. It was pretty cool. Played some darts with the woman. Watched some football. Very relaxed weekend. Um, came back yesterday morning, ready here for this week. And my sister's coming up this weekend, so nice. got a lot going on weekend by weekend. I'm having a good time. I like to say, Excited. I saw you went to that bagel place up. Yeah, PF Chang's, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That place is great. <laughs> yeah. mm, so good. Did you get Shout a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, the yeah, bacon, egg, <laughs> and cheese. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't know PF Chang sold bagels. They, they just added it. I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, we gotta go there. I think they have one in Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> And you, you uh, big guy? My highlight, uh, of course, echoing off of the softball tournament, but looking ahead to this weekend, um, this weekend, I'm uh, going to celebrate at the house. We got a party going on, uh, an anything but a cup party. So you got to drink out of anything but a cup. Uh, kind of excited about that. You know, get together with uh, the entirety of oh. 719, upstairs, downstairs, apartments, and having you fellas over as well. Yeah, that should be pretty cool. Looking yeah. forward to it. I've already done some brainstorming. Me and the roomies have been talking about what we're gonna do. Is your is your yeah. sister also partaking? Mm-hmm. Is what? Yeah. Could, you're not gonna disclose what she's not drinking out of, but she is drinking out of yeah. not a cup, right? Correct. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. She's in the know. Very she's excited for that. <laughs> we already had a really good idea coming from our good friend Ryan. He said he's gonna drink out of a thermos. Yeah. I think that's pretty <laughs> that's creative. Pretty good. It's not a cup. It's you a know, I mean, off for warm beverages. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants a warm beer. Uh, We're going to go into speedy slings. We're going to start off with Kelly Oubre signing with the Sixers. Great D and three guy. 20 points per game last year. I think he's going to actually like make an impact on the Sixers. So I think he just bolsters their defense even more. I think with uh, losing Harden as well, he's going to get a lot of play on the wing. He's going to strive there. Um, I like that. I like this signing a lot better than Danny Green as well. So, just talking about other off-season ads. Yeah, he's pretty handsome. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I know mm-hmm. Kelly Oubre for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope he has fun. 
Philadelphia. <laughs> He's going to look good doing it. All right, going on. We've got some NHL news. Mike Babcock resigning as head coach of the Blue Jackets. Yeah, and the report is that he was asking photos of his players, his private photos, which yeah. we talk about dirtbags. This is a dirtbag moment, but it's also just a weirdo moment. It, that's just, like, not, odd. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Let your players mind your business, and he says he does it to try and build chemistry and understand how the team operates. No, it's just, it's just weird, man. Um, it's also just, like, odd because Mike Babcock, the guy, has won a Stanley Cup before. He's won gold medals with Team USA. He's not, like, an irrelevant person. And he just got this job this offseason, and he's already out of it. And now it just messes up Columbus, too. It's an, a terrible situation. I mean, Columbus has been in a, a black hole forever. Yeah. I know you have some comments on that, Colin. Yeah, they haven't had a winning season since 2019. They've never even made a conference finals. I mean, they've been a team since 2001, I think. Yeah. 22 years. Yeah, I think they made the playoffs like five or six times. So, Depressing. yeah. They're uh, they're like a dumpster fire right now. Mm. Well, they're going to need a head coach. Uh the XFL and the USFL attempting to merge. Yeah. I love this. Some are I calling, love this. Some are calling it the AFL-NFL merger 2.0. Trust me, I would definitely from call it that. my sources I, have said. I would definitely call it that. I'm, I'm really worried about the NFL. Roger Goodell is probably biting his nails in shambles. He's going to leave the league right now. The, Ro- the Rock was the guest picker uh, on uh, College Game Day last week. He was also mm-hmm. on Pat McAfee's show, First Take, I believe, all of Friday. He returned to SmackDown for the first time in a while on yeah, Friday. I saw that. Um, one of the biggest returns after the WWE UFC merger. Now he's about to merge the XFL and the USFL. The Rock just does it all. See, I'm glad you guys have these opinions because then, like, I could have these differing opinions from you guys. Um, I've written down. Does this even matter? Yes, it matters. Yes. You watched the XFL with us last year. It was we had horrible. an XFL fantasy league. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, it was Ew. we it was that on this terrible. it was on this like bootleg site. It was terrible. Yeah, the football quality's not good, but I think it's nice that there is another option like outside of the NFL for players that want to develop their skills, get them a shot at the NFL without going to Europe or going to Canada. Another, or Canada, yeah. Either or staying inside the country. I think it's nice that they're... I still like it. I think it's fun. Uh, Inching towards the Ryder Cup, we got some golf. Uh, All six U.S. captains have been announced. I said, finally, we have some golf talk. I tried to incorporate some week one, but, you know, we started running late, so I didn't get to talk about it. I think this year, this Ryder Cup is going to be amazing. Live and PGA guys now after the merger. I, I am hoping on everything I have that we see in a singles match Rory versus Brooks. I think that would be the greatest matchup possibly our, our fr- with ever. <laughs> our friend Hunter Geist might cry himself to sleep if Brooks Kepka ends up winning that, that match. Exactly. <laughs> and that would just make it ten times better, too. Uh, I, I actually would like seeing that. I, I just have here Spieth clears. I'm very happy Spieth was, was announced as a captain. I'm a big Spieth guy, uh, as I've said on this podcast before. Wally, what's your favorite U.S. captain that was announced? I said hooray. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the captains are. Um, I'm going to be home that weekend, and I might watch it for like 10 minutes before I watch uh, Syracuse play Clemson. Um, but I like golf. I will say the <laughs> the Ryder Cup is fun. It's interesting because yeah. they do like match play. It's and it's like different. it's teams uh, they, based yeah. on country. And they do a bunch of different like. Yeah. Okay. I'll take a gander into it. It's not, it's not like a normal tournament. So and the, and the I would say gets check into it, out. it too, which is fun to watch. Yeah, okay. it's very fun. I got time. And I believe it's in Rome this year, right? Uh, I actually I don't know where it is. I think it's in Rome. 
Uh, moving on to the MLB, we're going to start off with a little bit of, uh, you know, landmark news. Tampa Bay getting approval for their new stadium. I know you're a big Tampa Bay. You go to Tropicana all the time. Yeah, I, I try to go down once a year. And Two things. One, they're getting a new stadium. It's going to be nice. I've seen, like, I don't know if it was real or not, but, like, a picture of, like, it's like what the renderings, yeah. It is. That's going to be beautiful. Yeah. But Tropicana wasn't that bad of a field. I feel like it got a little too much. The concourse is horrible, but the field itself, I loved it. But mm. I would like to say one thing. I hope mm. they're not building this in hopes that this is going to bring in more fans because the stadium wasn't the issue with that. It's the location. Be- being in St. Petersburg yeah. is a horrible spot for an MLB stadium, an MLB team. It is, it's just a retirement town. And unless you expect to get 25000 70 plus fans like 70 year old plus fans you're not selling out games like you would if you put this maybe in tampa or just anywhere not in st petersburg yeah and i said the exact same thing because when the announcement came out on twitter every single reply said the issue is not the stadium it's the location of the stadium Mm -hmm. and yeah the trop isn't amazing the lighting's bad the ball gets caught up in catwalks they need a new stadium sure but as you just said the issue is not it is being in St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. I think the location is definitely awful. I said maybe they can get some some more fans there, but it's still a drive from Tampa Bay itself. Yeah. Um, it's an it's awful, like, awful way to market a team, especially a team that's been doing well over the past couple of years. Say, they're not bad. They're no. consistently in the ALCS. Well, they were they're a playoff competitor. They, they were, were in the World series. series over the – I mean, it was the COVID year, but they were still in the World yeah. Series. Yeah, they're consistently there. Yeah, like you like you said, like it's far away from Tampa. Like I think it's over two hour drive because where we are, we're an hour from Tampa and forty five from St. Pete, and they're totally opposite directions. So you're talking Tampa to St. Pete, you're talking probably two hours plus. Yeah, that's yeah. awful. You can't even call yourself Tampa Bay at that point. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, it's like the Giants or Jets calling themselves from New York because they're but, a twenty minute train ride. I don't say, but it's also like that's probably like a ten minute difference. It's like not bad at all. yeah. <laughs> Um, the Braves clinched the division. They already clinched their playoff spot. They clinched the division officially. Then dropped four straight. They did beat the Phillies last night, though, 9-3. to three. I'm glad you said that, so it won't seem as bad when I say this. I put They did beat the Braves off the Phillies last night. So I mean, they gave up, like, five home runs on Monday and already gave up two home runs today. Yeah, I will I say that. They're playing as we talk. Schwarber let off yet again. And Castellanos had another homer. I said, though. <laughs> Maybe they're just resting for the playoffs. You never know. I think, uh, you know, you might have been a little bit hungover from the celebration as well. That probably doesn't help mm-hmm. you. Um, and you've already clinched. So you need to clinch. I mean, you can still wrap up number one. I say they, league, they, they do need home field, you got though. got ten days to go. You just go five and five. That's good enough, probably. Maybe. I mean, the Dodgers are still on their heels a bit, right, for the number one. Yeah, they're not too far behind. That. You can look that up. Yeah. Uh, as we as he looks that up, we're gonna go. The O's, the Rays, and the Dodgers all clinch the playoff. Um. Yeah. And we t- we've talking spoken about the Orioles quite a bit on this podcast, both the three episodes here and all of last season, and even the year before, we talk about them a lot. But them dominating so much is just insane to me. They just called up one of their top prospects, Heston Kerstad. And they still have more coming. The number mm-hmm. one prospect in baseball, Jackson Holiday, is dominating AAA right mm-hmm. now, and he was just called up to AAA. Um, Baltimore, for them to be where they are right now is insane, and I'm terrified. 
for the next 15 years of the Orioles. I love it. I put down. I put o, so O season. I mean, like they're just they're going crazy. I mean, once it comes playoffs, it might be a bit of a struggle because of the inexperience. Yeah. But just seeing what they're doing in the regular season, that also could give you confidence going into the playoffs because oh, yeah. you know, adding into it, this is the first year that there's been. Every single team plays every single team since interleague play is, was yeah, introduced. So, like, more experience, yeah, uh, you know, going around the country playing absolutely everyone. I think this this shows a statement to what we're gonna see in Baltimore for the yeah. next couple of years to come. Yeah, I mean, the O's are dominant. No, I guess I feel like a lot of times I repeat like things that got said weeks before, but I feel like we said this last week. Like, no one really saw this. Like, we knew they could be a good team. Yeah. They finished great last year. But what they did this year was kind of like a shock. Also, though, the Rays are only two and a half back. They still have a chance to catch them. Yeah, and, like, well, what's the what's the thing I always see on Instagram? Like, they have the chance to do something funny or something like that. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I mean, we did have the Orioles in our preseason predictions yeah, for the MLB. For yeah, so we did. I but mean, not this high. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like we thought they were gonna be the best team dominating the AL. The AL. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Angels eliminated and Shohei cleared out his locker, officially shut down for the year, had yeah. surgery on his elbow, um, his UCL. Uh, they said confirmed he's going to come back to bat in 2024, but will not pitch until 2025. Oof. Likely the last time we ever see him in, Angel, in an Angels jersey. Well, he was shut down for an oblique strain as well mm-hmm. yeah. for the end of the yeah. season, which is completely unrelated to the UCL. I'm excited to see which team spends all of the money on him. After UCL on its own is plenty bad, you've removed half of what makes him so special, and now you have an oblique strain, which is a completely separate injury, and not like a typical injury. It's pretty common in baseball, but it's not a good injury to have. It's not like you're just going to cast and you carry on with your day. I want to know who's going to spend all their money on him and, this offseason. And they're gonna, if they're going to spend all their money, they're going to spend all their money anticipating that he's going to be fully healthy, ready yeah. to pitch. In the next season coming up, yeah, um, I don't know. It's gonna be. I, I agree. I think it's gonna be interesting to see the Shohei saga play out over the off season and uh, see who gets in on the sweepstakes. But I don't know. I mean, he'll be back in twenty twenty four to hit. He said he'll be back in twenty twenty five the start of that season to pitch. Even so, every single team in the MLB is gonna go out for him, whether they can afford him or not. They're still gonna at least see what they could do. He's the greatest player we've seen in mm. our lifetimes so yeah like but also a year i would say like in, injury <laughs> injury riddled as well like yeah if he consistently keeps uh, again you don't want to base it off of like what's the potential of more injuries coming and, and stuff yeah. like that but when you're gonna when you're gonna invest 500 million dollars into a guy you have to think that possibility um the best ability is availability exactly I love that saying say it a lot uh, the Jays, Rangers, Mariners, and I guess also throw the Astros in there. They didn't clinch yet. Um, yeah. All battling for AL spots. As the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Reds, Marlins, and Giants are all battling in the NL. Yeah, uh, we can put the Yankees to rest. They got killed <laughs> by Toronto last night. Yeah. But I will say they hypothetically controlled Not their own destiny. Not <laughs> mathematically. No, I'm saying going into this series against Toronto, they still controlled their own destiny. If they swept Toronto, things would have fallen into place. They could have made it. Uh, they're not a playoff team. I'm done with the Yankees for the year. Um, I think Toronto will make it. And between Texas, 
and Seattle, that'll come down to a basically a best of seven game series. They play yeah. each other seven times, and even just winning four out of those seven, that will probably get you the last spot in the wild card round. I have here that the Jays and the Mariners are going to be the final two in the AL. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're just going to speak NL, I I have the Cubs and the Diamondbacks actually making it in. I want the Marlins to make it. I've I want the Reds barely experienced the Marlins being good in my entire lifetime. I, I thought you were a big uh, Diamondbacks fan, though. Well, no, <laughs> Diamondbacks and Reds. Cubs are making it. The Cubs have been awful recently. I think they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. I want to see Dansby and Cody Bellinger in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> they have been going downhill right now at the worst time to possibly do it. I just like all of the new teams in the NL. I would... I, I, I like I do I do the guard down there. yeah I do like the Reds up there um I can't stand the Giants because of Gabe Kapler so like I'm not gonna choose them to be in there um and the Rangers are just boring to me in the AL I don't know <laughs> I don't know the Rangers have actually been like been doing half decent even with the Grom and Scherzer out yeah, yeah. so that's actually a little surprising. And I've been seeing Corey Seager. I mean, Alertis Garcia yeah. just, just came back as well. Because mm-hmm. he beat Shohei in, like, two statistics. Yeah. yeah. Despite him only playing 110 games the entire season as well. Like, very undeniable. Not yeah. Crazy, but. Moving on to the NFL. We moved the NFL up this week. The NCAA is going to close it out wow. for us. Um, we have – we're going to start off. We have a slew of injuries, which is never what we want to talk about. But with Jamal Williams and Nick Chubb in Monday Night Football – before we move on, I do <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So, um, just start preface it with this. I hate sports betting. It is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Took a parlay. Two of the legs of the parlay were Jamal Williams forty plus and Nick Chubb seventy plus. Nick Chubb got hurt at sixty four yards. <laughs> Jamal Williams got hurt at thirty yards. Combined, they needed sixteen yards and my bet hits because everything else hit, and then they get hurt. I can't stand How it. How much would you have won? Uh, I think it was. 10, it was like 10 to win like 60, something along those lines. Wow. Nothing like crazy, wow. but it's still it's still the thing that I lost it on injuries. So And it's upsetting, it's upsetting. I mean, moving on from injuries, we still, Saquon is going to be out week to week. We have C.J. Gardner-Johnson, may have Torres Peck, maybe out for the year, I yeah. saw. Um, and Anthony Richardson, maybe concussed. I think his status is kind of up in the air yeah, for this he, week. He's in concussion protocol, he didn't practice today. Yeah. But... Uh, I don't understand injuries. Some years it just seems like more stars get hurt. Some years they don't. Obviously, the entire conversation with Aaron Rodgers was about turf, the mm-hmm. turf versus grass discussion. I don't feel a need to discuss that because no. when something actually changes, then we can talk about it. But, like, they're just such a variety of injuries, too, because concussions suck no matter what. They can happen to anyone. Saquon and Nick Chubb just got put in a torture chamber for their limbs, both of them. Nick like Chubb was Scorpion. awful. Did you see? Did you see the video? Unfortunately, and yeah. I didn't need to see it. I, yeah. I, I have. I said, can we just stop showing these injuries on Twitter? <laughs> we don't need to see. Like, them. you no go on Twitter, and every like five posts, you see, you see the Nick Chubb injury. Like, I don't want to keep watching that. It. And it's so upsetting because like Nick Chubb, not only like had a great year last year, he's a top three like pure back in the league. Yeah. And losing a guy like that for the Browns, I mean, they brought in Kareem Hunt today. They signed him to a one-year deal that could be up to $4 million. Um, but Chubb, it's just, like, this could this could be career-altering for him. It could be career-ending. Like, the conversation is not, like, he's lucky to be out there. Yeah. It just sucks, man. It's stupid. They, it's sad. They didn't even, I mean, we saw the injury, but they didn't even, like, 
debate if he was out for the rest of the game. As soon as he got on that cart, they were like, he's done. Because when you saw that injury, it was awful. Um, we'll go back to Thursday night football. We had the Minnesota Vikings falling short on Thursday night football to the Eagles. Um, the, the big story to start off with, Alexander Madison, there's no excuses for anyone to treat any player in any specific way just because of the way they performed on the field. Um, whatever I understand, people play fantasy football. I understand they bet, but these people need to learn, like, these players are out here, they're people. They're not just out here for your fun to, you know, please you. Disgusting how people go on there and act like they're absolutely nothing to them and that they, I don't know. I just, I, there's so much you could say. It's disgusting. People need to learn respect and understand that these players are out here for your enjoyment. Yeah. They're real human beings. Yeah. They yeah. go home. They have families. They can look on their phone and see what you are saying. You're not speaking. It's not to like they don't have feelings as well. Speaking to the public. Yeah. Um, especially now in a age of mental health, when it's more important than ever. Especially. And we, like we we see this as sports, but like these are jobs. Like if you messed yeah. up, if yeah. you messed up your job, whether it's like you know if you work a desk job and you just throw a wrong number in or something like you're that. Into your spreadsheet. Yeah. Like, like nine to five. Yeah. And you and you were getting some of these messages that he got. Like it would it would mess you up mm -hmm. mentally yeah and terribly I, the thing that was like people are you could tell that people when they're doing this like we saw like because he put the pictures up with the screenshots like they're using fake accounts there's no picture yeah you know the names are just no, like random accounts. names and it's it's sad because they could do this and the, there's no repercussions there's no for what they do yeah. yeah they just get to get away with this and at the end of the day like they're probably sitting at home like laughing at it or something like that like oh like this was funny what I just did I hate this man, da 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 da, like whatever. But at the end of the day, like, they're causing like real, probably mental, yeah, like real harm. Yeah. To him. And Alexander Madison is obviously as a platform to go and show this, but there are people in real life that have to deal yeah. with this every day, and it's and awful. It can't be brought to attention. No. Um, I'm gonna be the one to transition yes. regarding Minnesota. One, like, don't even attack Alexander Madison. I just want to attack the Vikings as a whole and specifically their defense. Uh, they're giving up 166 rush yards per game through the first two games, which is bottom five in the NFL. The defense is what doomed them last year. That is why they lost that playoff game to the Giants. That's why they lost at pretty much every game they did last year. Um, Big Kirko, uh, who wakes up drippy, or whatever he says, um, would be the MVP favorite if they were 2-0. And that is not like a striking thing whatsoever. He's completing over 72% of his passes, 700-plus yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, 114.2 passer rating. Only quarterback with a better passer rating is Jordan Love, who has thrown 30 less passes. He doesn't have an interception? I thought he had one last week. No. No. He's I'm shocked. Big. I'm shocked at that stat. That's Big Kirko. Yeah. And yet 0-2, and, and now we're attacking people who don't deserve to be attacked. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. The defense could do something. The entire fourth quarter would be Alexander Madison running the ball and getting stats, and then everyone cannot be a terrible human being. But, like, people don't talk about the Vikings' defense enough. That well, is their problem. I have here, last year they were 7-0 and in one-score games. This year they're already 0-2. Yeah. Um, like, last year people were praising them, saying how good they were. I was one of the people that was not believing in them. Uh, you basically oh, said it right there. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he did have right. one in week right. one. 
Um, so th- this team, you could already see the downfall of their defense. They brought in Brian Flores, which was supposed to fix it. Their defense still is not fixed, mm-hmm. still is not good enough. And mm-hmm. um, they're already proving that, you know, you can't always win those one-score games. You're not going to be perfect in them. And they're already dropped two, and now they're 0-2 in general. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, we have to kind of, like, if you want to look away from the Vikings, look at the Eagles. Something me and you have talked about that kind of came true in that game was the Eagles have DeAndre Swift, who is a great running back, and they finally let it show because week one, they, yeah, they didn't they even, didn't like, use him. yeah, they didn't Shout use him. to my fantasy team in week one, but, <laughs> which I still won, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah, I think finally he got the recognition he deserved, I think. Week one, he should have started. He was he easy was, starter now. Yeah, easy he was, starter. He was really good in Detroit, and they made that trade on draft day for him. And I was like, okay, like being a Commanders fan, I was like, you have to be kidding me. Like now he's on the Eagles, and then they just didn't use him week Tim one. Gainwell, yeah, B one, yeah, yeah. One. No disrespect, Kenny, but I mean he'll be back. Kenny will be be back. He's clearly yeah. number two because they don't like to use Rashad Penny either. No. So no. I don't know. I mean, uh, Eagles like Eagles running Scott backs, I feel like, don't shot. get a lot of recognition anyway. Don't get a lot of carries. Don't get no. a lot of touches. But no, no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, the Jags and the Chiefs uh, in a defensive battle. Um, the Jags fail to get into the end zone and fall to 1-1. One one. Um, I, I mean, with the Chiefs, Jawan Taylor had five more penalties called on him for false starts this week and got that benched. Guy, that guy's been bad. Yeah, he was signed. He was a Jaguar signed to a five-year, $80 million deal, um, and he was benched by week two because he's had, I think, close to 10 or 11 penalties already on false starts. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his issue is. He's got to get that figured out. Uh, but to the Jags, Trevor Lawrence making some greatly placed throws. He couldn't place the ball any better. Just the receivers couldn't get their feet down in the end zone. Um, a lot of drops at crucial times. Calvin Ridley had one in the fourth quarter when they were going for it on third and five, I believe. Um, I mean, it was a tough game going into it. Regardless, your defense did what your defense had to do. Andre Sisco has been playing fantastic. I think he's having a breakout year as a safety this year, but um, just needed a lot more in that game. The offensive play calling could be a little bit better. They don't need to get so complex. Just keep it simple and get the first downs, keep the ball moving. Uh and also give Travis Etienne some more touches. He only had 12. I think they are undefeated when he has 15 or more touches. Wow. Um, so they should give him the ball more. Uh, I expect a big explosive game against the Texans this week. So we'll that's base a, it off that. That's a fair expectation. I, yeah. I'll, I'll quickly talk about the Chiefs. And I wonder, are these the Chiefs that we're going to watch this year? Are they going to try and win these games by one score? Is it going to be the 17-14 to 14 game that they want to get into? Mahomes seems to be comfortable with that, whatever it takes to win those games. I don't. I think the Chiefs' offense will get it together eventually. The first week back with Kelsey had a touchdown, didn't really have a big stat line, but right now the Chiefs having an ability to win these games against future playoff teams, you have to feel at least good about yourself if you are a Chiefs fan, if you are Andy Reid or anyone on that team. I didn't get to watch the game because we had the softball tournament, yeah. but like looking – at the box score after something I've mentioned to you before, the Chiefs need to use Pacheco Isaiah Pacheco more. Like he should be RB one. Yeah, yeah, no he, hesitation. He should be RB one. Yes, he should be getting like RB one touches. We're talking like maybe you know fifteen, 15 plus 20. carries yeah. a game, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't get that. 
but the carries he does get, like he produces on them. Yeah. Like he is a hard runner. Yeah. He's hard to tackle. And when they give him the ball, good things happen. Even in the passing game, like he was catching screen passes, taking it, you know, ten plus yards. I feel like they just don't use him enough. And that like I like watching the Chiefs, they're fun to watch, but that's something that like kind of irks me when I watch them is like they have this great running back and they don't use them. I think uh, the Chiefs also talking about their offense um, and this could be a good transition is Eric Bieniemy, uh gone this year gone to the commanders mm. um, so I think that's kind of been a weird transition for Mahomes and the yeah. Chiefs their offensive scheming but moving on to Bienemy moving to the commanders their offense was putting it together this week so I'll let you take that Is this what it's like to be a fan of a good football team? Pretty fun right? <laughs> <laughs> now, for people for people who listen, everybody's gonna be like, "Okay, they're two and zero. They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Broncos." You're right. Okay, I could just live now because this is first time I've seen two and zero in twelve years or something like that. Eleven. Yeah. The last time. But there's a lot of other people that have the hype around them. I know I sent out the thing to you guys. Commanders came in at eighth in the CBS Power Rankings this week. Seems like a little bit much. No, no, no. Well, no. I mean, the Jaguars were pushed back to ten, like. I don't know. I think they should have been maybe top five, top three, maybe even two. I understand the 49ers are really good this year, so I won't, I won't say one, but no. Sam Howell had a great week, threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, did what he had to do at the end of the game. The first half, I think he threw like 30 times, and they cut that down in the second half, really like limited him. He made the throws he had to make in the, in the spots that he had to make them. He had a great touchdown throw to carry. Brian Robinson had an amazing game. He honestly almost looked unstoppable. Manuel Forbes' first pick. Chase Young first came back, yeah. one and a half sacks. That's pretty good. So, as a team, they had seven sacks. I, They I, did try to throw the game away at the end, though. That, Damn, we don't need <laughs> yeah. to talk about that. I don't know. I, I Questionable yeah. point conversion, pass interference conversation. But, that as well. something I've said before, <laughs> this front four, when you have Young, Sweat, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen. You can't beat that. In my opinion, that's the best front four in all football. Like that is insane to me, because you wa- like when you watch their games, they're back at the quarterback. You know, if they say they drop back, you know, three times in a four-down possession, they're back at the quarterback two of those three times. Right. Almost every mm-hmm. single you know f- like four-down possession the other team had. Yeah, it's it's so fun to watch being a Washington fan, and it gives me hope that this defense could carry this team. Because if Sam Howell could play like a competent, even average quarterback. I like what they could do. Uh, what it's been for multiple years in Washington now. But they haven't had that average quarterback. Suitable quarter, serviceable quarterback that can get it done. Matthew Freeman, that's nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, I don't like you don't want to take away like they're two and zero, but I don't like <laughs> he to. He wants say, to take away. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't like when people say they're two and zero, but Why? they beat the Cardinals in the. And the Broncos. I mean, they were down 21-3 against the Broncos and still came back and won. That's impressive in and of itself. And Sam Howell, no turnovers. That's impressive in and of of itself. Um, While throwing 300 yards, two touchdowns, and completing 70% of his passes. I think Sam Howell is – I mean, it's it's two two games in, but I think Sam Howell is going to be there for a while, and I think he's going to be solid for them. I'm not going to say elite or anything. I think he's going to be solid for them. And I had them in the playoffs, so I will I will say mm-hmm. I, I was high on them in the beginning. They also have like their first big test is they got the they have Buffalo at home this week. It's Buffalo. Do I think they're going to win? No, but I'm hopeful. <laughs> the defense is looking great. Buffalo hasn't looked that great. I think they have a chance to do something. The game is already sold out. The game sold out Monday morning for this game on Sunday. 
the Washington fans, like, this is, like, exciting for me because fans are actually into it. The team actually has people that go on to cheer for them. Like, this is probably the best season I've seen since, like, the 2012 RG3 season. I think one of the big things, too, is even if they don't win, how keep how close can they keep it mm-hmm. with the Bills, seeing how good their defense is, how good are they going to be able to hold that Bills offense? They played Buffalo last year and got absolutely murdered. So yeah. if they do better this year, I'll be happy. I wish you the best, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, the Giants won a game. Uh, they're down 28-7, tied the franchise record for biggest comeback in franchise history. Um, yes, it's the Cardinals, which I think kind of like – Obviously, I was kicking my feet and jumping up and down on Sunday evening, but I think something about it being Arizona makes it feel a little bit depressing, like getting into that situation. But even so, regarding the Cardinals, you watched them week one Mm -hmm. as a Washington fan. I got to watch them week two as a Giants fan. They're not horrible whatsoever. Like, they're bad. They misplays, and they they should have won both of those games, quite frankly. But they're not terrible. And when you go up 28-7 to 7 regarding like tanking here and the concept of tanking, players don't intentionally blow 21-point <clears throat> leads. No. You do not give up 24 points straight in 20 minutes and give up 31 points in the second half and 350 yards of offense. I don't know how that happens. I don't know what goes into that. The players do not allow that to happen. That's so cool. I just want to throw that out there not to like – it feels weird, and it's not as exciting having that franchise record-tying comeback, but it's still legit, no matter who you are playing. Same with Washington coming mm-hmm. back against Denver. No matter what, it's legit. Um, and they're 1-1, one and, one. and that it, was probably the best half of football I've seen the Giants' offense look in, I don't even know what, six, well, seven years. I said they looked abysmal up until that point, up until the second half of that game. Even in yeah. the first half, they just... It was were the same. terrible, I like went, I awful. Went in, I went into my girlfriend's bedroom and started crying. <laughs> I was like, "You can't be serious right now. You get shut out forty to nothing." I was gonna say, "There's there was a point where they were they you got had twenty to nothing. You got outscored sixty yeah. to nothing. In yeah, six quarters, sixty to nothing. Yeah. Xavier McKinney, you got bulldozed by Joshua Dobbs at the goal line. Um, it was depressing. And then Jalen Hyatt showed up and bang, fifty plus yard reception. And then the catch which was on the, like, touchdown tying drive to Jalen Hyatt. Um, that was the first Giants receiver I had seen high point a ball and go up and make a play since OBJ. Literally, in five, six years, I have not seen a Giants receiver do that, which made me so happy. Getting the that flashes they, on number 13. Finally, I don't even care about the 13 thing. Yeah, it's cute that they wore the same number, but that's the first time they have had a receiver that is capable of doing that. Um, and yeah, they're one and one. They play San Francisco tomorrow night. They'll get steamrolled in that. I don't care though. No Saquon though. Yeah, even no Saquon, but they're they're they'll, they'll be okay. They're still in position to get to nine and eight. I'm happy for you, man. You're not one of the winless teams. Of course I'm not. Why would I? Be? <laughs> uh, the Jets lose thirty to ten uh, against the Cowboys. Sauce Gardner deleted his Twitter, I guess. Um, and Brees Hall was upset with the amount of carries that he got. I don't know what the sauce Twitter deletion thing was because I went on Twitter and found his account today. I think he deleted it on Sunday night he because he was getting arguments. Or I don't yeah. know what he did because he was praying for Nick Chubb on Monday night. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. To I don't be know what happened. Honest. With it. Um Brees Hall though, 
that's the bigger storyline here to me. Yeah, me not too. so much that he's like that's speaking out and complaining, but Zach Wilson's not going to win you games. Mm-mm. He's not. He's going to prevent you from losing games. He's not going to be the one to win you. Give your running backs the ball. Brees Hall had four carries on Sunday. In the game on Monday night, he had 10 carries for 127 yards against the Bills. Why yeah. are you only giving this guy four carries? Yeah, he went he went insane week one, and then to come back in week two, and like that's the production you get, especially like when Zach Wilson isn't having a good game. No. It, it doesn't I, make any sense. I don't care if you're running the ball, if you're down, like, I honestly don't care. Brees Hall is going to help you get back into a game because he's more of an X-factor than Zach Wilson will be. And when you have Zach Wilson at quarterback, you should be running the ball more often than you are passing the ball. Washington had the same kind of offense last year where when Taylor Heineke started to stall out, they just became like the number one rushing team in the NFL because they were rushing two out of every three downs, sometimes three out of all three. Like they were just giving it to B-Rob and Gibson. And there's no reason you can't do this here with Brees Hall and Dalvin. You have one of the best tandems in the NFL right now. You especially yeah. should be doing it against Dallas in that front seven, too, mm-hmm. which reads yeah. against your quarterback. Don't put Zach in that situation. You don't need to do that. Not right? at all. Puka Nakua. <laughs> I like saying that name a lot. Uh, had a historic start to the season. He's the first receiver to have 10-plus receptions and 100-plus receiving yards in each of his first two games. Will Puka keep this up when Cooper Cup comes back? He's also uh, has the most catches in first yes. two career games mm-hmm. in NFL history as well. And no, he's not going to keep that up no. whatsoever. But it kind of makes me wonder, he was the 20th receiver taken in this year's draft. And great for Puka Nakua. I'm glad that Matthew Stafford found a like second option outside of Cooper Cup because that did not exist last year. Yeah, not at all. Without Cup. And that's why Cup got hurt. But I kind of just wonder with NFL receivers, like, the guy has, has gotten, what, 30 targets, over 30 targets in the first two games. What's stopping you from doing that with any wide receiver? Because I don't think Puka Nakua, yeah, he's running clean routes, he's getting himself open, but it's nothing insane that he's doing. It's nothing abnormal. It's just chunk play after chunk play. He hasn't it's not bro- like he hasn't broken the internet yet. When you watch him, it's not like, oh, my God, these routes are the cleanest yeah. routes that I've ever seen in the NFL. He's yeah. just going out there and balling out, doing yeah. whatever he's got to do to get the ball. I think it's, it's got to be the Rams' offense because, like, Cooper Cup's an elite receiver, but this is what we saw when Cooper Cup was there. Like, it was just feed Cooper Cup the ball. The time. So I yeah. feel like it, whether it's Stafford, whether it's the Rams' offense, like, this is just what they do. Like, if Cup wasn't there and, say, they never drafted Nakua, like, someone else is probably getting this. Well, uh, Van, didn't Van Jefferson have the same stat line as Puka in the first game? Or yeah. was it Van Jefferson? No, oh, it no, no, it was Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell. Yeah, yeah, it was Tutu Atwell. So, like, I don't know. Is he just finding receivers and well, also dumping them out? He has a real running back in Kyron Williams. Yeah. Cam Akers is on his way out. Williams I looked great. Love Kyron Williams. He is love Kyron great Williams. Great each of the first two weeks. Big ND guy. Yeah. Uh, most surprising 0 2 start the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Vikings, who we talked about earlier. It has to be the Bengals. You play the Browns yeah. week one. That 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 in, on its like in itself is supposed to be a win. The Ravens is a tough game week two, but there's also a Bengals team that is coming off back to back AFC championships in the Super Bowl two years ago. Like yeah. Joe Burrow was hurt, yeah, but again, I'm gonna go back to it. There's no excuse to lose to the Browns week one. You have to you have to win one of those first two games. I'm taking the Bengals here as well. I don't have faith in the Chargers. We talked about the Vikings defense um, being the issue, and the Chargers are just. I don't even know, to be completely honest. Uh, the Bengals, one of those first two, you have to win 
I don't care if they're divisional games. If you're the Bengals, you should win them. I'm going to say the Vikings, and I'm only going to say the Vikings because they got to play Tampa Bay at home, and they had no excuse to lose that game. Regarding excuses with Cincinnati, you played in a monsoon week one, and you're not a run-first offense. Cleveland is. That's why Cleveland won that game. Um, and like you said with the Chargers, they're a cursed franchise. I don't know what's going on with them. It doesn't surprise me that they're 0-2. If any playoff team's going to be 0-2, it's going to be the Chargers. Um, Cincinnati, though, they were 0-2 last year to start the season as well. Or was it two years ago? They started 0-2. They've done it before. They turn it around. I don't really care about it. Minnesota losing to Tampa Bay is still the number one thing for me um, in terms of surprise. Well, let's flip the script while they'll have you start. Most surprising 2-0 start. We have the Bucks, Falcons, Dolphins, Cowboys, and Commanders. I thought about Tampa. I'm going to say Atlanta. I'm going to say the Atlanta Falcons. Nothing to do with who they have beaten. I don't think it's impressive. Um that they beat Carolina and Green Bay. But this franchise has been in dead water since 2017 when they went 10-6 and six and made the divisional round, 28-3 the year before. Um, they got plenty of pay for taking Bijan at the place that they took him, taking Kyle Pitts at number four three years ago. But the fact that they are 2-0, just like the concept of the Atlanta Falcons being 2-0, that is the most surprising to me. Not the most impressive whatsoever. They're not a good team. They're not going to make the playoffs. They'll get killed whoever they play when they play a playoff caliber team. But just looking at standings, Atlanta Falcons 2-0. That's the most surprising. Well, the team that you said you were debating, I put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the season, like the storyline was Baker Mayfield was in a quarterback competition with Kyle, with Kyle Trask. Trask. Yeah. At that point, Baker Mayfield should just dip Retire. out of the league. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, the Bucks. this is kind of going against what I said for the Vikings – but the Bucks going into Minnesota should not have won that game whatsoever. Yeah. They pulled it off somehow. This defense is still playing very well. Um, the offense putting up some numbers. I mean, what, they had 17 points in the first game and then – or they had 20 points in the first game. And then the second game they played the abysmal Bears team, so they put up numbers there. But uh, Baker doesn't look bad. The Bucks have been pretty decent. It's surprising to me because I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in that division. Uh, I actually thought the Panthers were going to finish higher than them. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Bucks there. I love Baker Mayfield. I loved him since he was in <laughs> Cleveland. I never thought he was a bad quarterback. I never understood why they got rid of him. They brought in Deshaun. Joke's on them because Deshaun stinks and Baker's <laughs> looking great this year. Baker hasn't thrown a pick this year. No turnovers. He's looked really good. He's also three touchdowns. Yeah, three <laughs> touchdowns, no picks, 490 yards through two games. He's looked like a good quarterback. And for Tampa, with the defense they have, the weapons they have, Rashad White has been looking really good at running back. They could, they have a chance to possibly do something. I'm not saying they will, but they look like a team that could possibly do something if Baker plays this good. And he did the same thing with the Browns a couple years ago. Like He took them to the divisional round. I mean, that division is wide open. Like, anyone could win that division, disgusting. I think. Uh, yeah, it's it's so. And three of them are two and zero. Three teams: New Orleans, Atlanta, and Tampa Bay. But the all, division is so is so boring in general. Like I can't. I don't know. They all win their games twenty to seven. Yeah. I don't like yeah. One yeah. I mean, this is kind of how it was last year with that division, though. It was like it was like a, I think it was Tampa like would be the bare minimum. All almost all four teams were in it at the end of the year. I yeah. Mean, yeah. 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 Because being, they would be like six and nine. And yeah. I was gonna say because that was yeah. The, the Bucks ended up winning on like that last week, and then they got steamrolled by Dallas, Dallas in in the first yeah the first playoff game. Know. We're gonna go into this or that for the NFL this week, and um, 
I'll start. Mine kind of builds right off of what we were just talking about. Who out of those teams is going to lose first? Out Between the, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Falcons, Dolphins, Cowboys, and Commanders. The commanders yeah, they play Buffalo this week. Buffalo this week. <laughs> but I'll be confident, okay? I'm going to be confident. Uh, I don't know. I, never mind. It's commanders. They play Buffalo this week. Buffalo looked a little like a lot better than they did week one last week. But at the same time... Tampa plays Philadelphia on Monday night. That's a good way to lose. Um, why aren't we talking about San Francisco playing the Giants? <laughs> I think there's a there's the easy two first one to fall from two and one. Um, I'm gonna go with the Falcons. They're kay. playing they're playing Detroit. Um, I think they've been doing enough to win, but not enough to beat a good team yet. Detroit, I would say, is a good team. They've kind of been. 50-50 the first two weeks as well. A little bit overloved. Yeah. I think it's also like they're kind of like the like media's like sweetheart. Like yeah. they're going to try and like portray they're, they're them America's well. America's team. <laughs> but I'm starting I'm going to start disliking them because yeah. they're one and three and everyone says what Dan Campbell's locker room speaks for. Yeah, I couldn't care. Not that that's going to happen. But. Um, but I am going to go with the Falcons just because I don't know. I, I, I don't really see I, I love Bijan but is Drake London, is Kyle Pitts ever going to show up? And is Drake London going to actually well, be consistent? I know Mac Hollins is going to show up. That's for sure. Like Mac Hollins. <laughs> it's going to come down to whichever game finishes first between <laughs> Commanders, Bills, and Atlanta, Detroit. Because they're both 1 o'clock games. So. Um, I'll take the next one. I love my Commanders. I love talking about them. I'm going to keep right. talking about them. Okay. After we saw his return, Chase Young had a really good return. So if you are the commanders organization, you only you, they're only gonna be able to keep one unless they decide to keep both and then just say screw everything else. We we just want a great defense for the next five six years. Would you keep Chase Young or Montez Sweat at this point? Montez Sweat because I said the best ability is availability. Nothing to do with Chase Young. Same thing here. Uh, if Chase Young finishes out the year completely healthy for sure, um, then we could have a different talk about it at the end of the year. Uh, Montez Sweat has been on the field consistently, and he's been putting up numbers. I'd say Sweat. They're also going to be in completely different contract conversations simply yeah. because of their health. Chase Young's going to get a one-year contract. He's not going to get his giant extension. It'll be one year, $15 million or whatever. He'll still get money, but it's not going to be long-term compared to Sweat, who's going to be getting four or five years. What would you do? I keep my. I, I, I love already Montez know he's keeping Montez Sweat. I love Montez yeah. Sweat. I love Montez Sweat since they signed him. He had like the fastest forty time out of the D end in NFL history, I think, when he ran his. So since the time they signed him, I love the guy. Chase Young, I loved him in his you know, his first year. He did great. But um no, I feel like you have to keep Montez Sweat. The only thing is I don't think the fans are gonna like that too much. I feel like Chase Young is just is just a homer. Well like, it's also like he was drafted a top three pick. Like mm-hmm. number two. Yeah, yeah, he was number two, one defensive rookie of the year. And that's the other thing is like if they if he has a good year, like I said, the fans love him. I I don't know, I don't think he's from the D.C. area, but ever since he came in, like all the Instagram posts, like yeah, like it's just like he is, like the the Commanders, yeah. So I think it's gonna be tough as a like a franchise making this decision. Well, it's a very similar conversation to whether the Jaguars are gonna end up keeping Josh Allen or not on this contract year, sort of. Anyway, go yeah. My question, um, Miami Dolphins are putting up 462 yards per game. 
this season, which is nearly 60 yards more than any other team in the NFL. Uh, and the Cowboys are allowing only 193 yards per game. Cleveland's close, but Cleveland played in that monsoon week one that played Pittsburgh. I don't really care about them. I'm going to throw them out the window here. Which is nearly 60 yards better than anyone else in the NFL. The two of them play each other on Christmas Eve. So that's very far away. But right now, my question is, Dolphins offense or Cowboys defense? I'm going, I'm going Cowboys defense. I think the Cowboys defense is a very big well talking team wise i think it's more important for the dolphins to have a good defense than it is for miami to have a good offense because the dolphins or the the cowboys Cowboys offense the cowboys offense is i mean like we saw what Dak did week one it's not like it was anything spectacular like he didn't need to do anything because of how good the defense was i feel like the same thing could have sort of been applied to this week um i think the cowboys defense is so extremely stellar that the offense doesn't need to put up as much i I definitely think the cowboys defense is better but the one thing that i like i want to bring in i think i think this is going to show in the game that they play on christmas eve i don't know if tyree kill is guardable like he had he had had, (laughs) i think this week he had five receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown he was pretty casual yeah it was a low scoring game and but like Still, if you put all your attention on him, you pretty much have almost the exact same receiver on the other side in Jalen Waddle. Like, it's it's insane those two being on the same offense. And it kind of sucks that the quarterback they have is Tua, who's like not known for his deep ball. He's fine though. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. But he's taking Taekwondo though. So. He is taking Taekwondo. He's not gonna get any more concussions. Oh, shouldn't have said that. He's gonna get a concussion next week. But the SSP curse. Yeah. Literally. But. We'll just just to give some di- some differing opinions, I'll say the Miami offense, just because I don't know if it's possible to guard those two at the same time. I think that I would take, specifically in that matchup, I'd take Miami as well, mm-hmm. and I hate Dallas, but that's irrelevant. Yeah. But you beat Dallas by getting the ball out fast, and that is what Miami has built around Tua, because the arm strength thing, which has been perfectly fine, he's throwing the deep ball, he's playing good, but... Being able to get the ball out quick to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, that is how you beat the Cowboys. And Miami will be built to do that. And again, you're putting up nearly 60 more yards than anyone else in the NFL, which is only two games. It's a small sample size, but that's insane. Oh, baby, I'm already looking forward to Christmas Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now we are going to pick the NFL matchups. My favorite. Um, Following last week, Colin is in the lead with 12 points. I have 10 points. Wally has 6 points. Yeah, swept, baby. Swept I'm the board it. last week. <laughs> I'm in it. Uh, oh, yeah. Colin also had the first perfect week of the season. Um, so Except for this week. So starting out, we have Green Bay in New Orleans. I'm going to take New Orleans. I like what they're doing so far. Green Bay didn't really impress me last week after they impressed me big time week one. And uh, I think Derek Carr can get it done. I don't think that New Orleans has impressed me in either week, despite being 2-0, just squeaking out a win over Tennessee and over Carolina. I'll take Green Bay. Uh, I, w- I, love, I, I like Jordan Love. I want Green Bay to do well, but I think New Orleans is going to win this game. Yes, now I can make us new ground. Baby. Um, Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I, I told Colin this the other day. Marshawn Lattimore has allowed nine nine yards and eight yards in the in each of the first two games i don't know which one was week one and which one was week two when he is the nearest defender um on someone in new, in new orleans so i think that it's being underlooked a bit <laughs> uh pittsburgh and las vegas 
disgusting. Boring matchup. Yeah. Boring matchup. to do with this game. 13 to 10. Uh, I'll take Pittsburgh. Under. It's going to be exactly what you just watched on Monday Night Football. Pittsburgh's going to squeak out a win just because they're going to get some defensive touchdowns. Yep. It, it, they... <laughs> They're they're so hard to no, watch. That's how we'll get to it's nine and eight, so man. I, I, I can't go against my boy Kenny Pickett, so I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. <laughs> Although he's looked abysmal this year. Yeah. Um we're gonna start with the Chargers or not start. We're gonna go to the Chargers and Minnesota. Awesome game. Couple of 0 and two teams, high flying. It's gonna be it's gonna be a high scoring game. No yeah. defense whatsoever. Give me the Chargers. Give me the Chargers oh. for the cursed franchise. I trust the Chargers defense a teeny Kirk, tiny bit more. Than Kirk can't Kirk. go zero and three. I don't. I don't believe Kirk can go zero and three. He's played great this year. It's gotta. It's gotta come out to a win at some point. At I some point. I don't know if this is the time for it to come out to that one. I'm going with Big Kirko. <laughs> Alexander Madison legacy game. I'm locking in Minnesota. I think Justin Dang. Jefferson's also having an amazing year. Again. Again. Yeah. But nobody cares about because they're on TJ Hawkinson as well. Yeah. Uh, New England and the New York Jets. The New York Jets haven't won in 15 matchups, I would like to say. I was, uh, this was about to be my lock. I was going to take New England. I also don't think it's physically possible for New England to fall to 0-3. Um, they haven't been 0-2 since 2001. And they've also they've also looked pretty good. They've played the Eagles and the Dolphins and have hung in both games. Like, they've been yeah. there. They just held the Dolphins. Uh, what was it? Was 17, right? Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. Well... To differentiate here, I'm going to go with the Jets. Oh, hey, you're the man. Cleveland and Tennessee. Another disgusting matchup. I think, I don't know when Ryan Tannehill's going to lose his job, but whenever either Levis or Willis is good to go, his Levis, job is gone. Levis legacy I don't game. care which one it is. Give me Tennessee. Put them in as my lock as well. Cleveland's horrible. Uh, I'll go. I I mean I agree with that. I think Cleveland is gonna lose a lot of their offensive production now that Nick Chubb is down. I have to go with Tennessee in this game. See, it's just it's so tough. I was looking at the slate for this week's games. There is like, it's Not either a blowout or it's a really bad game. Like, we got it really out of the way with the Green Bay, uh, the Green Bay New Orleans game, and then there's the Minnesota game. Other than that, it's either you're gonna be looking at a blowout this week or you're gonna be looking at. A game that you're just gonna turn off and you're not gonna watch watch. it. This is another one of those games. Tennessee's gonna win, but I'll 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 stray away and I'll take Cleveland for you guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm going six and zero this week. (laughs) Um, Atlanta, Detroit. I kind of already took my pick earlier. I'm Detroit on this one. Give me Atlanta, I guess. <laughs> you don't have to take Atlanta. No, 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 want to no. swap? Let me give me Atlanta. Give me Atlanta. You want you want yeah. the surprising I'll, Atlanta? I'll let, it, I'll let it be now known now. I think Atlanta's a surprise, sure, and I'm quietly praying on the Lions' downfall because of how much hype they got. The, the Lions are. They don't annoy I don't, me. They don't annoy me yet. But they kind of have started to annoy me. Seattle's a good team. They kind of have fine, started to. It's a fine annoy team me. to lose to, but they're already starting to annoy me. I'll start using my emotions to pick against them. Well, let's go into drip of the or half the halftime hustle. Jeez, I'm I'm jumping headlines we're out, here. We're out of the halftime hustle. We're going to drip of the week first. Who wants to start us? Give me it. <laughs> One of the greatest clothing companies of all time is back. Okay. BBB Big 
Baller brand. Is it really back? Yeah. Lonzo Ball put up a video outside. I don't know if he had like a Bentley truck so or something. He had something. He had he had the new BBB slippers on. Just a quick disclaimer. These are the biggest knockoffs of the Yeezy Knits I've ever seen. Like they are the exact same thing, just with a with a triple B logo on them. Yeah, if you pull them up, Lonzo Ball just look up like BBB. Yeah, I got there, you. Yeah, I got there you. you go. There it is. Look no, at those are literally just Yeezys. <laughs> just with a triple B logo on the front. Uh, time to invest. Time right, to invest. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna look up because they are known for just overpricing their stuff. So I'm we're gonna, gonna as he's looking up the price of them. Well, would you like to go? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, my gym of the week comes from the NFL by a guy who most people probably don't know, Kylan Grants. Third-year tight end for the Colts, uh, got his first ever NFL touchdown. So he did a photo shoot um, and posted it on the interwebs of him holding the ball like it's a newborn baby, um, as a significant other thing to do. Um, pretending to tickle the ball as if it's a baby. Um, but it's beautiful. It's nice. Three years, you finally get your touchdown. I did see that. I thought that was funny. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, my drip of the week is previewing what's to come this weekend. Uh, Notre Dame is hosting Ohio State in South Bend. And what better way to bring back some green jerseys? Yeah. Uh, they revamped their green jerseys a bit. They added the white instead of the navy for the lettering and numbers. I like the white. I like the, like the changeup, and uh, it, fits, it fits very well with the, with the gold. I love when they bring out the green jerseys as well. Big green sucker. So there's no prices out yet on the shoes, but just something I wanna I wanna bring the attention to. Langell has his own shoes, his own basketball shoes. They're buying them. $189. $189 for basketball shoes. They have slides on the website, just plain slides with a BBB logo on them. Two hundred dollars. The slides, the slides are more than. Langell's. People are gonna pay more for these slides. Oh, these ones are two twenty. The CEO slides. I see no difference, but I think just I think just BBB in general is. Oh, when know. it when it first came out, I mean everybody loved it. Now it's just like, just a joke. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been a joke. But. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our players of the week. Wally, do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU, my player of the week. Thirteen catches for two hundred thirty-nine yards and two touchdowns in a forty-one to fourteen win over Michigan State. String one. Is. Am I taking it next? All right. Harrison Mevis, kicker out of Missouri. Game-winning 61-yard field goal to upset number 15 Kansas State. First off, the place went crazy. It was awesome. I don't know if you saw the video of the fans rushing on the field. One fan videotaped himself, and as he ran out on the field, walked up to a Kansas State player and flipped him off. <laughs> that was awesome. But also, 61-yard 61, 61 kick as the game winner was the longest kick in SEC history. My player of the week, we all did college this week. Uh, I took Trevor Etienne of Florida, brother of Travis Etienne. I was texting you guys during this game. 172, uh, 172 yards on 23 carries and a touchdown. Um, maybe if he had a quarterback, this team would be a bit better. But they did end up getting the win over a team that I actually guaranteed was going to, you know, maybe make the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Let's go to college football now. Start off with Alabama uh, benching Jalen Milrow. Wally predicted this, actually. That would happen. Um, but benching for Tyler Buckner, who is a turnover machine, absolutely awful, worst quarterback in college football. <laughs> um, they benched him during the game for Ty Simpson. Um, I think Bama's already getting ready for next year. Uh, yeah, there's that redshirt freshman. I spoke about starting a freshman last week, and it already happened with Ty Simpson. Um, I talk about monsoons. That game was played in a hurricane. That wasn't even a monsoon. It was delayed because of the weather. Um, a 17-3 to win over South Florida regarding Bama. But Ty Simpson should have the keys to this team for the rest of the season going towards the future. There's no reason. We're, we're in a situation that you never see with Bama football, and yeah. it's just – I love it. Pretty like I love it. They they are a one loss team, but it, it kind of feels like the season's just over. It's for over them. already. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, they were just in a dogfight with USF. Like, yeah, which I get again was was a crazy game. And but, Tyler Buckner was the starting quarterback. Yeah, quarter. yeah. Who couldn't even beat Marshall at Notre Dame? <laughs> uh, Florida and Trevor Etienne stunned Tennessee and Joe Milton. Um, this was just crazy. I said I'm wrong about Tennessee, but. Trevor Etienne is fantastic. I just wish that team had a quarterback. Yeah, one, uh, notice how we didn't say Graham Mertz in this headline. Yeah, uh, yeah, terribly. Extremely made he's, one touchdown. He's not good. He's not good. A little bit under 300 yards. Also, the place that I wanted to double date, it was like a pub, dinner spot, whatever. Um, the people sitting at the bar turned this game off, and they requested uh, West Virginia versus Pitt. <laughs> they didn't want to watch Florida, Tennessee. The backyard brawl. Yeah, but... It's Florida versus Tennessee, and you want to watch the backyard brawl over them. Um, we talked a lot about Joe Milton last week and the expectations. How does yeah. he fit into this national quarterback standard, blah, blah, blah. Uh, doesn't fit into it pretty well. Give me Nico. Give me Nico already. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with Joe Milton. Go. I'm done with Joe Milton. Um, I also just want to say that the boxing match at the end of the game was really Yeah, they, uh, they legitimately the, squared up. Between the Florida offensive lineman and the defensive back on Tennessee. That was just funny. Watching them back up, full arms up, ready to swing. It was great. No, Florida took away, like, Tennessee's offense, and, like, they took away that deep ball, and it killed them because then at the end of the game when they're trying to climb back, all they have is the deep ball, and taking it away, like, Joe Milton just looked – like that's his thing. Uh-oh. He flicks the ball. He had some. Uh-oh. He had some nice throws over the middle where I don't know how receivers caught it because it yeah. was coming in at like probably 120 miles an hour. But also it was, it was bad to watch. Like wanting Tennessee to win because like, you know they're just gonna run the ball and I don't and Tennessee should have known that too and they just could not stop them for the you life can't, of them. You can't stop Etn. He's too good. He's too good. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll actually uh, we'll talk about Colorado later. Um, when we're talking about what's coming this weekend. Uh, but we're going to go to Spencer Rattler shocking UGA for a half and then got outscored 21 nothing in the second half. Yeah, and Spencer Rattler played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I think he might might be round three now. I still think he'll be a day three pick, but he might be round three. Carson Beck is not him. This Georgia mm-hmm. team does not look good whatsoever. I mean, they look good, but... For their standard to be the number one team in the country, there is a severe drop-off from Carson from Stetson Bennett to Carson Beck. I think Georgia will wipe the floor. They'll still make the playoff. I don't think that they'll be anywhere close to three-peat. Before you start gushing over Spencer Rattler, um, I have here that I think this just shows that UGA is completely vulnerable. Like, oh, they yeah. could 
easily drop not to, lose to Tennessee. any any sure. SEC team. Any, I mean, there's, there's a possibility. Mm. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what to think of this this Georgia team. I don't even – I don't know if they're going to be – if they're for sure going to wipe the floor like you said. They were just in – I mean, I guess you can call it a dogfight with Wipe with the floor as in them, but That's my we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, Rattler boy, what do you got? I'm not going to gush over him. He had a great first half, and then he had a really bad second half. I mean, he came into the first half. I, I want to say he was 20 for 22, and he finished the game like 22 for 43 or something <laughs> like that. He had a really bad second half. But he got the job done. There's a reason spreads are a thing. Covered it easily. Made South Carolina look viable against a Georgia team that everybody thought was just going to blow them out by 40, yeah, 50 points. True. So. On the road, too. Yeah, on yeah. the road. Yeah, I like what he did. Again, I never said he was going to win, but uh, he held his own, in my opinion. That's all you need. All right. All right. He also led the team in rushing. Which, <laughs> which is crazy because oh, he had, like, 38 yeah, rushing 38 yards. 38 rushing yards led the team in rushing. No help. Um, Washington. I'm calling it now. Washington is my new underrated team. lose this <laughs> um, Michael Penix is absolutely him. Deserves to be in Heisman Talks. And I think this team could compete with USC. Michael Penix Jr. is leading the nation in passing yards by 80 yards. Shadir Sanders is right behind him. Um, Washington's outscoring their opponents 140 to 36 this season. That's pretty impressive. It's crazy. And they haven't played the greatest teams ever, but they haven't played total nobodies. Boise State, Tulsa, and Michigan State. Like, obviously Michigan State, a 41-7 wins dominant, but Boise State and Tulsa aren't horrible. They're not, there aren't programs that have no funding, and they're still wiping the floor with them. But, again, nobody cares about Washington because USC is right there. Well, I was going to say, Washington is dominant this year. The only problem is the Pac-12 is dominant this year. Entirely. USC, yeah, USC looks great. I know, I know we're about to talk about them soon. Oregon looks really good. Mm. I think they have a chance to be the top team in that conference, but it just sucks for Washington. They're, yeah, they're doing all this, and there's a chance it doesn't equate to what it would have if you know there was no Caleb Williams or Bo Nix there. Yeah, yeah. Pac-12 is competitive, which is sad because Pac-12 is gone after this year, basically. Uh, now, enough talking about week three. We've got a very packed week four coming up. We're going to start right here in Syracuse as they aim to start 4-0 in back-to-back seasons since 1960. Yeah, they're the only team in the country to be top five scoring offense and scoring defense, and they played a bunch of bunch of fooey besides Purdue. Purdue's a real team. Uh, but... Trader, Derek Schrader led the country in rushing yards last week. Um, he was in consideration for my player of the week, but I don't like to pick Syracuse people because it's boring. Um, they play Army this week. 4-0 seems pretty obtainable. Let me tell you, Garrett Trader had one of the clean, a couple of the cleanest fakes I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my gosh. Um, they beat Purdue, made Purdue look silly. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't really been all in on Q's football. You know, I guess shame me, but uh, you know, good good for them to be four and zero. Hopefully, after this weekend, and then they play Army. I'm glad you said you're not all in because I wanted to talk about how like we've given them a lot of hate coming into this year, especially with Garrett Trader still being a quarterback. Like I feel like we've given him especially a lot of hate. I feel like he's played really good this year. He's played like great. really, yeah, good he's played this. very he's well. Great. He's so, played very I mean, well. It's Army. They should win. 
by and a lot. Garrett Schrader's also doing it with nothing. Rondé Gasset yeah, shut down yeah, yeah. He's out. Obviously, Sean Tucker left. But Quinn Allen's just a goal line merchant. Mm-hmm. He's doing it with nothing. Damian Alford, like, he has no help. And yet he's still winning all of these leagues. They're yeah. gonna be they're gonna be a run first. They're you know this week be a might Schrader run first team. This this week might be triple option triple option versus triple option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Penn State whiteout is also this weekend. Should they be worried about hosting number twenty four Iowa? Not a shot in the world. No. And I'm gonna go on a quick little rant regarding Iowa. We talked about Washington being the most underrated team. Iowa is the most overrated team. This team is garbage. And yes, they are the exact same every year. The offense is abysmal, and the defense does just enough to win these games. But I talk about, I think after week one, I said Clemson's going to consistently be in the top 25. Clemson should have that spot, not Iowa. Florida should be 24. Give Clemson 25. Because Iowa, they're 3-0. Yeah, I'll give them that. They beat Utah State week one by 10 points. Utah State just lost to Air Force by 18. They were down by 30 at halftime. Air Force. And this team just beat them by 10. They beat Iowa State by 7. Yeah, Iowa State, Big 12, whoop-de-doo, 7 points. That's all you can muster up. Um, that's all you can do against these teams. They're going to get run out of the run out of Beaver Stadium by Penn State. And I hate Penn mm-hmm. State. Drew Allard and Nibs, very much so. They struggled against Illinois um, in that first half especially. The offense did not look very impressive. But Iowa's bad. That's all I'm saying. Iowa's bad. They do not deserve to be in the top 20. Now, Iowa is not a good team, but this is a Penn State trap game for sure. No. It's yes. No, yes, no, it it's not. yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's not. Yes, it trap is. Trap games exist. That's not the trap game. It's one of them. It is one of them. <laughs> because because no, Penn State, yes, Penn wrong. State <laughs> lost to terrible teams in the past. They lost to an awful Michigan State team in Michigan State. They lost to all of these horrible teams in different years. This is one of these teams. They're Iowa's ranked. They shouldn't be ranked. This is one of those teams, and this they're not going to lose. But this is this is one of those games. I would just like to throw this. Out. I mean, like, if you had a regular game against Iowa, maybe like even at Iowa, I'd say like maybe you have a chance. The whiteout game is. You guys are going to hate me for this. This is the greatest fan event easily in college football. It's possibly not. They act like they invented a whiteout. It's not the greatest. It's kind of cool. I like the Mo Bamba thing uh, seven years ago. But, like, but. <laughs> te- teams come into this and just, like, crumble. Like, you saw it yeah. two years ago with Auburn. Like, Auburn was a ranked team. They came in, and Penn State just blew them out. Like, they couldn't handle the it. same to Iowa. They're, exactly. terrible. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the whiteout. It just has to do with Iowa being bad. I mean, you have the Ohio State game a couple years ago. You have the Michigan game that went to, like, seven overtimes. You have the Minnesota game a couple years ago. Like, the whiteout game is, like, Penn State's cool. game, like I, it is. I'm gonna say this, and you know, next year they're gonna schedule the whiteout game against like Michigan or something like that. But like, I don't know if Penn State can lose a whiteout game. If I'm being completely honest with you, they, they already have. I've watched them lose whiteout games from now on. Yeah, but that was. <laughs> I've watched this. them lose whiteout games. This he, is different. No, but this is Rowler. He throws 200 yards to and one touchdown <laughs> yeah. every single week, and they win the game 24. But call, calling this a trap game is bad. The spreads Penn State 14 and a half. I think they're gonna win this game by 20 plus. I don't know about Iowa. Iowa is abysmal. They might be. They are consistently one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in college football. And they and they beat Penn State two years ago. Yeah, this is different again. It's not. There's not a single shot they come up in. They're not beating them. They're not beating them. But it it 
it's going to be closer than people think. Let's keep Trust it moving. Me. Let's keep it moving. Florida State, Clemson, what was slated as basically the ACC's game of the year, who was going to come out of the ACC um, until Clemson lost. Now, can Florida State hang on after dogfighting with Boston College last week? Yeah, I think that Florida State will win. Again, Clemson is not terrible. I don't like them, but they're not terrible. My takeaway regarding the ACC is that it is not top-heavy whatsoever, and it's not bottom-heavy. And you go from top to bottom, anyone can beat anyone on any given week, which just worries me for Florida State if they can make it all the way through undefeated. Because if you lose one game, the committee's going to say, we don't want you. You're mm-hmm. in a terrible conference, and you managed to lose a game. Even if other teams have like a two-loss Georgia team, if, even though that won't happen, they would get in over a one-loss Florida State. Very much so. Um, I don't think Clemson is good. They, I do. Like, I do too. I, I have them. I I think that Florida State's gonna put on a put on a very good game here. Um, BC, yeah, they were in a one score game last week, but I truthfully think that they're gonna prove that that's not the team that they were, or that's not the team that they are. This week is gonna be that game. Um. I have here, though, if Clemson does pull out this win and Q's wins, is there a potential for college game day to come No, here? no. <laughs> Last year was the year for it to happen, yeah. and it didn't happen. It's not going to happen. It's not, yeah. not going to happen. Um, yeah, Clemson, <laughs> I don't think is as bad. Like, they had a bad week one. They lost to Duke. Duke's still a good team, though. Yeah. They bounced back great these last two weeks, and I think they're getting a little more hate than they deserve. Like, they had a bad week one. It was week one, new offensive coordinator, everything like that. Mm-hmm. They bounce back. I, I think they have a chance to compete with Florida State this week. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Florida State's still going to pull it out. I mean, it's, it's Jordan Travis. Yeah. No matter what, like, I think he's just going to be the reason they win. Mm-hmm. But still, I think we like Clemson deserves a little bit more respect because they lost to a good team. And like I said, they bounce back and they're playing good football right now. They are. They're going to they're gonna end up in the top 25. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, they will be there in that top 25 even if they finish with two or three losses, just because of the Clemson win. And they're, because they're not that bad. They're not great, but they're not that bad at all. Uh, we're going to move on. Colorado has their second-ranked matchup of the year. How will they fare against a very good Oregon team? A very good Oregon team, and I just want to throw out regarding the hierarchy of college football, which is so awesome to me. Week 1, Oregon beat Portland State 81-7. to <laughs> That same Portland State team... Just beat another college football team, North American, ninety-one to nothing. Yeah, I did see that. Which actually. is just insane. Give me the Oregon North American matchup. That's what I want to see. A hundred fifty to nothing. <laughs> um, I'm really excited for this game. I don't think that Colorado looked very good against Colorado State. We can talk plenty of, about Colorado State and dirt bags and stuff like that, and all the stuff with um, Henry Blackburn. But I have no idea what's going to happen with Colorado. If I had to pick, I'd pick Oregon, but I will not be surprised if Colorado wins. I think it's... Oh, sorry. Go. Oh, I think it's absolutely wild. Oregon are 21-point favorites against that Colorado. That seems like a bit much. That is absolutely insane. A, a top 20 matchup, top and 18 matchup. I just, don't, I, I just don't fully see that as... A, a huge sp- like it is a it's a large spread but that should not be what's placed on this game so i have that i have that down plus 21 underdogs colorado oregon's winning this game there's no doubt in my mind like 
if you can give me a lock in a college football game, I'm taking, like, Oregon's winning this game. And I have a friend who's a huge Colorado fan, Michael Rickard. I think he listens to the podcast. He was saying we were watching friend the game. Of the pod. To, yeah. We were watching the game together. I might have been sleeping for most of the Colorado game. It was a long day with a softball tournament. <laughs> but he has even said that Colorado is going to get blown out by Oregon. Yeah. And I think, yeah, 21 points. I think that's perfect, if I'm being honest. Like, I think it's going to be in that 20-point range, 20-25, anywhere in there. I think Oregon is just above Colorado at this point, and I think they're going to show it. I also think with or without Travis Hunter. It, yeah, it did, it, that doesn't matter. Um, I do want to talk about Travis Hunter, and I brushed over Henry Blackburn. Yeah, he's a kid. He, he hit someone. You don't need to come after him with death threats. We can talk no. about that. And I applaud Deion Sanders for handling it in the way that he did. But I want to come after the NCAA regarding this concept of targeting because I have seen way too many players get ejected for making a simple tackle that the crown of their helmet has to be in, happens to be in the wrong place. What Henry Blackburn did was blatant and very clearly like unnecessary trying to injure someone. You don't need to give out death threats for that. But what he did was 10 times worse than probably 85% mm -hmm. of targeting ejections in all of college football. And there's no repercussion for what he did, injuring someone. Travis Hunter was sent to the hospital because of that hit. And, and maybe going, out for And he's while. going to be out for multiple yeah. weeks. Um, but what you just did is 10 times more targeting than anything else. And Completely the NCAA, agree. The NCAA needs to adjust their rules also, regarding that. Travis Hunter came out. I, gained, like, I have a lot of respect for him now because he came out and he's like, it's football that happens, injuries happen, like so yeah. what? Yeah, but... You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed yeah. to hit someone like yeah. that. That should that should that hit shouldn't happen. But also, he should not be getting not at all death threats and no, all this are, stuff are, because of what happened. A lot of issues regarding yeah. that. Ole Miss to face Bama this week. How will Ole Miss be viewed if they end up beating this Alabama team? I think they'll be viewed as a top fifteen team in the country, and they'll be on a train towards the playoff potentially. I don't think that they'll end up getting there, but. It checks another box for them. They'll get a lot of respect, but how do we view Bama if they lose to Ole Miss now? I like, think Bama's already in that transition of they're kind of out of it for this year. Like, Bama, and they're not. They're not, but I think Bama views it as we're out of it for this year. Let's prepare for next year. Because Bama, I feel like, is a team that views we go undefeated or bust. Yeah. Like, they're, they're not a program that just, oh, we'll, we'll take a couple losses, and that's a Bama year. Well, it's not a Bama year. I'm at but that's why I have Ole Miss winning this game. And I'm booking that right now. Imagine this three-week stretch, though, for Bama where they could possibly go loss, dogfight with USF, and then loss again. Like, yeah. that would possibly be... Three, like different, three different starting quarterbacks stretch. in those three weeks. The worst three-week stretch. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that could go down yeah. as, like, yeah. yeah, easily. I also... Um, I love Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart's not quite my quarterback for this year, but I'm a very big fan of him. Yeah. He has the potential to become my quarterback for the year with a win over Alabama. I don't think it happens, but if it does, if it does happen, he has I, the potential. I think it does happen. You're gonna you're gonna love the final segment. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have Ohio State versus Notre Dame basically pinned as the game of the week. Um, who wants to start it? This is gonna be a fantastic. Like this is gonna be a, an amazing game. Notre Dame plus three and a half. 
this feels like this really feels like Clemson versus Notre Dame in 2020. Like I swear, it's like the same vibes like that I'm getting. And what, what happened in, in that game? Like as in like the Trevor feeling Lawrence going into it. COVID no, before that. Before that. Active, what are you talking about? Before that. <laughs> <laughs> and DJ played like he, he he did exactly what Trevor Lawrence would have done. It's still not the same thing though. I think Notre Dame is going to win this game, thing. personally. I, I, li- I like what they've been doing. I think, I like no, Sam Hartman. I think Notre Dame is going to win this game. I have this as a Sam Hartman legacy game. I I, I just I, I have this feeling that Notre Dame Stadium is going to go absolutely ballistic when they end up taking this victory. I have this as a Marvin Harrison Jr. legacy game. I think we've had a lot of them. It's not going to be a Kyle McCord legacy game. That doesn't exist. I'm never going to pick Notre Dame. I don't like them. I love Ohio State. I don't think Kyle McCord's that bad. I also think that the Ohio State defense has been phenomenal in each of the last three weeks. Yes, they've played some kind of mid-teams, but even so, they have been one of the best defenses in the country, and that's not what anyone's talking about. And rightfully so, everyone's focused on the offense. That's what we should be focused on. But this defense is very good, and that's how you're going to beat Notre Dame because right now it's all about Sam Hartman. It's about the high-flying offense. That defense is plenty good, and they can cause problems to Sam Hartman. I feel like Notre I mean, Dame, Notre Dame always has. A good defense, I would though. say Notre Dame is always consistently very good on defense as well. I mean, th- yeah, I think they can. I'm, I think they can interrupt Kyle McCord as well. And like Kyle McCord isn't like that like elite quarterback at the college level no, that he's going he's to be not. insane. So I think that that's Harrison is going to be tough to contain for sure. There's no doubting that. But I think that you know interrupting Kyle McCord's game is going to be a big thing that Notre Dame gets at as well. Yeah, on top of the offense. But people also need to start to respect the Ohio State defense. Yes, It hasn't been spoken about one bit over the last three weeks. And I am looking forward to that defense potentially stepping up. I can't wait to watch this game together. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. It'll be good fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to head into our final, like, rotating set, Our final segment, but our final rotating segment that we've had over the past couple weeks, which we're going to keep swapping in and out between all of them. And this is Finn's five. So I've taken five bets. All of them all of them are plus one hundred odds or greater. You can parlay them. You can take them I'm not as, doing that. you can take them straight. You can. You can if you want. If you want money, you should parlay them. So the first bet, just like we talked about, I'm taking Notre Dame money line plus one thirty six. Ole Miss on money line plus uh, plus two thirty. I'm uh, taking Florida State. Minus a half spread in the first quarter. That's plus 114. I'm taking Colorado plus 16 and a half. That's plus 128. And finally, I'm taking Iowa plus 10 and a half at plus 128. If you parlay all of those together, $3,000, you get plus 85.63. That would be $10 to win $866. If you want free money, I say, you take, I say you take it. I say you take it. I say you take it. I would maybe bet on like one out of those five things. I, I, li- I like all of them. I like all of them. You're a freak. All right. Well, with that being said, Wally, where can they find us? You can hit us up at Slinging Sports on Instagram. Number one way to know when the episodes drop. Some great graphics with all episode content from those as well. Any, anything, le- anything left to say, Big Red? Thank you. Penn State <laughs> is going to blow Iowa out of the water. The whiteout is going to show up again. And, yeah, there's even trap here. Happy thank birthday, darling. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Go Irish. We'll catch you on the next one.